Hello. Oh my God. In the past couple weeks since I have put out my last podcast, iTunes decided to change their terms of service and they took down my podcast from their listing. That didn't mean that people who already subscribed through iTunes stopped getting it, which was good to know actually that people were still getting it but nobody knew could find it through iTunes and all of the ratings and reviews and all of the help that that really gives to kind of like get the word out there and have people find it was gone and it sucked. So the podcast is still called the Fuck It Diet Radio but I had to make it the F It Diet Radio colon eating should be easy because at first it was tfid radio and i was like well nobody knows what that is so i had to make it eating should be easy but i might get rid of that part because it makes it really long um and then on stitcher it's still the fuck it diet with an asterisk and i don't know it's kind of a mess right now and i'm trying to figure out uh the best way to go forward and have it streamlined but i'm back up after literally emailing them back and forth like every day for many weeks and them being super unclear still unclear they still won't tell me exactly what is appropriate and what is not so anyway we're back welcome to the fuck it diet radio that's what it's called i'm just not allowed to have self-censored even self-censored with an asterisk i'm not allowed to have any of that in any of the podcast episode descriptions or or episode titles, or obviously the title of the podcast. So, and also really arbitrary. I mean, this is like not, I'm not the only person that does this. I I still see it out there. So I don't really know why I was like being made an example of. I'm really not sure, but uh, I hate it. Uh, And here we are. So today I'm going to be answering listener questions that I have not gotten to in a while because I have been just so overwhelmed and I had enough podcast things to think about. However, um, as some of you know who listen, you can ask questions for the podcast over on Patreon, P-R-P, no, not P-R, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Caroline Dooner. You can join for as little as $1 a month. You can join and cancel whenever you want. But over there, there is a little community where people are able to talk to each other and ask me questions that I will answer on the podcast. So I'm going to start with this question. Um, Hi, Caroline. I'm a 19-year-old who has been on the AIP paleo diet for the past year. It's a restrictive diet, if you've heard of it. I started it to heal my gut and GERD, but considering I don't have autoimmune disease, I took it way too far. The amount of relief I felt by reading your blog post about surrendering control is crazy. Thank you for all you do. You're welcome. My question for your next podcast is, how do you learn about wellness health without feeling pressured to go to the most extreme lengths to maintain perfect health? 
I spend countless hours of every day planning meals, worrying about food, thinking about food, but it all seems to be justified by certain scientific online communities, especially paleo. How is one supposed to draw the line between what is scientifically proven to promote health and how much a person can really do to control the situation they're in? For example, one of my biggest fears are grains, gluten, and processed foods. I haven't eaten my favorite food, Honey Nut Cheerios, in years. I understand this seems like an illegitimate fear, but there's so much research labeling these foods as bad and they cause disease, etc. Well, we'll get to that in a second. How does one decide what is and isn't worth following and what happens when weight isn't the reason for dieting, but health is? Thank you again. I'm so excited for your intuition course this winter. Um, I'm so glad you're excited for my intuition course. You should sign up today because it's the last day to sign up, but this probably won't be out today. I'll try to find you and tell you that. Um... Okay, uh, so this is something I know very well. I was paleo and many other things, raw vegan, etc. before I went on the fuck a diet. I was equally obsessed with health and weight, so I feel I can speak to this very well. I was basically told to go on diets from my doctors. I had PCOS, I had whatever. I had to eat whatever, whatever, and I went on all of the diets. I went on to try and heal myself. Um, and there are so many things that I could say, but first of all, um, scientifically proven to be good for you, there will be another scientist out there who believes the exact opposite and their data proves the opposite. So it's really important to just understand how many, um, altering views there are in the scientific community, which is why there are diets that are literally opposite, touted by doctors and scientists, all of them. Um, so that is the first important thing to think about. Uh, the second thing that is huge is that dieting promotes restriction and just stress in general, like stress over your eating promotes high stress hormones, obviously stress promotes high stress hormones but restriction also raises your stress hormones because it's a crisis state and that causes inflammation and tons of gut stuff low immunity inflammation insulin resistance metabolic syndrome um it's not that i don't believe that you know certain foods can be really healthy and healing and great and you should follow the foods that feel nourishing and wholesome to you but fear of foods that foods are like the reason that you have health issues or gut issues um isn't helpful it just isn't sure if every time you eat blank fill in the blank you feel horrible experiment with taking that out and see how you feel and then when you do eat it just understand that it's just everything is just curiosity and a process and you're allowed to eat things that aren't perfect for you and still improve your health in the long run stress is such a big piece of this puzzle and I know that that's frustrating to hear because um it also kind of sounds like a scapegoat too uh I just keep essentially running into this fact over and I'm writing I'm writing the fuck a diet book right now and it just keeps coming back down to this that we are putting ourselves with dieting and then with just being stressed in general and being bad at being in our bodies and feeling our feelings we keep putting ourselves into these two survival modes that both run on adrenaline and stress and mess up our bodies and our health 
And dieting is, is the thing that's doing that to us. So um, what I did when I went on the fuck a diet is I knew that I really, really had to get out of my fear of certain foods. Like I just, I knew that with the, I was avoiding carbs. I knew that that was messing me. I just trusted that that was messing up my metabolism. And then I really, really wanted to kind of, uh, well, what I did first is I, um, I really wanted to give up health perfectionism because I had always been so afraid of health and it had basically ruined my life. (laughs) And I really empathize with people who have, um, health concerns and chronic health issues because I am one of those people. Like I am one of those people in the past and on a lesser level, I'm still one of those people now. I like tend towards hormonal stuff and whatever else, but I I really, really strongly have experienced and then experienced with students over and over and over again, students and readers and people who've taken my programs that the stress piece and the mistrust piece and the belief that there is a perfect diet out there and that that one scientist who believes the opposite of what this other scientist believes um, is is the right one, you know, that we believe it's, it's, it's what we do with religions. We're like, this is going to save me. This is going to save me. This is going to make me safe and healthy and good. And I understand it. It's not, um, it's not you know, we want to feel good and we want to be safe. I understand it. But ultimately, it is the stress that it induces both on the mental, emotional level and truly just on the physical level of the restriction. And, and I, I know that that might sound out there, but it's really worth reading all of um, the Health at Every Size stuff. Uh, Linda Bacon's work, if you haven't already, uh, that this metabolic state that we get in is terrible for our health, truly terrible. Um, so it's easier said than done. Baby steps. When I started the fuck it diet, I still didn't eat gluten for like a half of a year because I was so afraid of it. <laughs> I started with carbs. I was like, okay, well, if I just eat a lot of carbs, that's like scary enough. And then I eventually ate bread and I was fine and I'm still fine. Um, and yeah, some people are, 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 you know, intolerant to gluten, but I have a friend um, who's celiac and she said, you know, it's really amazing that some bread makes me feel like horrible, like I'm, you know, dying and I, you know, my stomach is distended and, and some gluten bread, some wheat bread made by certain brands and made in certain ways feels totally fine. And she just kind of like she has this strange way of going about eating and and eating bread where she's like, well, I'm going to try it out. And if I feel horrible, then I know I shouldn't eat that thing. And she just doesn't have this perfectionistic way of doing it. And she's able to thrive. And sometimes she eats something. She's like, well, I feel terrible. But then she's like, no, but this bread's fine. And I don't know why I think they I don't know. Um, So. Just understanding how much stress affects your health, and I and I really sincerely mean that, like, very deeply. So many levels of health, and um, so many levels of mental health as well. But I I really am talking about physical health, inflammation, adrenaline, cortisol, stress hormones. Um, so 
looking at nourishing, supporting, um, but letting go of fear and kind of letting yourself mess up, letting it be messy and understanding that perfection, food perfection does not exist because nobody has agreed on the perfect diet. Yes. The little like, like paleo cult that you're in. And I feel I can say that because I was in it as well, believes hundred percent that this is, um, the best for health, but, um, it can be disproven by another study. I swear to you. So, um, it's just a matter of being willing to, um, experiment and, and you can go slowly, but letting go of health perfectionism is really important in my personal opinion. And ironically, like I'm able to truly seek health from a place of no rules and dogma or diets or, or fear now that I'm on the other side of this entire journey, like a couple years later. So it, and I'm not asking you to stop caring about health. I'm asking you to redefine um, what health is and and consider that there's another way to, to achieve that and the dieting isn't gonna do it. Okay, another question, Lisa. Hi, Caroline. Thank you so much for your work. I have made enormous progress towards eating normally in the past couple of months. After a month or so of eating all the junk food I craved, it seems like, also with the help of Linda Bacon's book, which I love, I'm gradually gravitating towards food that actually make me feel good and not in an obsessive way. This is great. I really like the fact that I'm less focused on food. However, with being more in my body also came the feeling that I'm reacting to certain foods. I got skin problems, digestion problems, sinus problems, and a couple other things I can't quite put my finger on exactly what causes it. I'm assuming it's gluten or lactose or maybe both, or it could be something entirely different. I made an appointment with a natural health practitioner and I'm pretty sure she will suggest an elimination diet where you don't eat any potential allergens and then reintroduce them one by one to see if you react to them. It seems like this is the best way to find out. There are medical tests as well, but apparently they aren't as accurate. So a part of me really wants to try it because I feel there's something off, but I'm also worried that it just triggers my old diet mentality and I'll end up frustrated. I really only want to do this for my well-being and not for my weight. Okay, and also a little for my appearance because I'm a fellow actor and I want to have an okay looking skin when I walk into commercial casting but I don't know if this is actually going to sabotage my progress. Progress. I don't know what accent I'm doing. Okay, do you have any thoughts, suggestions on this? Sorry for the long text. And please excuse any mistakes as English is not my first language. Thank you so much. Love, Lisa. I'm gonna take a sip of water. And cut that out so you don't have to hear me swallowing. Okay. This is a great question. Oh, this is the theme of health today, isn't it? So, um, again, just like I said, there's nothing inherently wrong with being curious about foods that you're reactive to. However, I would say that waiting to try anything like that out to very genuinely um be able to do it with curiosity and without fear and dogma and slipping back into restrictive, control-based, perfectionistic ways of eating and looking at food and trying to feel safe and immortal. Um, I, again, I empathize. I so empathize. I really, really do. Um, I would also 
ask you, just like the last answer, to just look at stress. Just look at how stress might be playing into this. I am not saying that it's not also potentially reactions to food. But my health belief these days, after all that I've been through and after all that I'm seeking myself right now, is that when we are reactive to certain foods, it's not that the food is inherently a bad food, and it's not that this will always have to be the way that it is, but that after dieting and after um, you know having a lot of stress and inflammation, and after um, and if you have a lot of um, you know immune overwhelm or anything else, it can tax the system and essentially make your body more reactive to more things. It's the bucket theory. It's the theory that it's not that um, the things that you're reacting to, it's they aren't the cause, they are the symptom. So that's just kind of like a perspective shift that I'm asking you to look at, that you reacting to these foods isn't because like diets are helpful and the food is bad. It's that your body might be a little overwhelmed by any number of things and this is one of the things that it currently can't handle because of that. Um, my recommendation is this. I don't recommend going on an elimination diet yet if you've only been doing the fuck a diet for a couple months. You don't have to listen to this advice. You can go on an elimination diet. You can see if you can be so super incredibly curious and sane and non-perfectionistic and non-purity based and not fearful of doing it wrong or um, whatever. I, I'm hesitant for you to do it and then learn that you're intolerant to or reactive to XYZ and then fear that food for the rest of your life when it might just be a temporary thing. It might just be your gut kind of, um, you know, adjusting. You might just need... Um, probiotics, you might need um, temporary, um, I don't know, nourishing times that will allow your body to adjust and be able to handle a wider range of foods. I used to not be able to digest um, milk and now I literally drink it every day. So it's it's more than just black and white and our stress and um, evolving evolving body actually has phases and I just want to throw that out there um, I don't recommend the elimination diet yet this early on however if you do go on it be super honest with yourself and come back to the fuck it diet if you feel like you are kind of going down the rabbit hole but what I do recommend instead is that you just get really um let yourself play around with intuition here, the intuition of how you feel when you eat food, what are you drawn to and how do you feel after it and let it be really messy. Let yourself mess up and eat things that make you feel bad and really just pay attention to what it feels like. And it sounds like that's what you're already doing, but I want to take the, um, the need to get it right out of the picture because that is going to cause more stress and it's going to not allow you to really, really listen to how your body's feeling when you eat certain foods. I would totally go to the natural doctor as well and 
you know, tell her that you're recovering from food stuff and you want to see if there's anything you can do to support your body without having to go on an elimination diet yet. Um, again, there's nothing inherently terrible about, you know, wanting to feed your body food that feels good for you and isn't, you know, isn't making you react. But I do think that it can be difficult in the beginning of the fuck it diet. And I just, I super empathize because, I just know that it's really hard to be trying to be an actor and trying to heal your food and body and image stuff at the same time. Um, I couldn't have done it at the same time. So I'm, I, I hope that, that what I've said isn't too vague and it can actually be helpful and that you let me know how it goes ongoing. Um, update us and I'm curious how this lands for you. It's kind of funny that I feel like this happens. The questions tend to be like in the same theme. Like that one time when I talked about spirituality. Do I have to be spiritual? I think that was last, maybe two episodes ago. Um, Great. Well, again, I really would love um, feedback from anyone whose questions I answer. Because we can have a continuing conversation about this in Patreon, and then I can bring it to the podcast for everyone else to hear the updates and the response and everything. All right, Emily asks, Hi, Carolyn. I'm so happy I found your work. It is coinciding nicely with some work I'm doing with my psychologist to deal with anxiety. Awesome. Self-trust and tuning in with my body have been some major focuses for me over the past year or so. I only recently discovered your work and have been taking baby steps to adopt its principles over the past couple of weeks. It's freeing and terrifying at the same time. I'm especially interested in the overlap that this anti-diet body respecting mindset has with recovering from perfectionism and workaholism. Oh yeah, it really does. I'm an artist and based what I've Based on what I've heard and read, you've been and are a creative professional as well. In my past, I've been a workaholic perfectionist when it comes to creative work and pretty much everything else in my life. However, now that I'm not in school, I'm just so, so tired of forcing myself to do creative work when I'm not in the mood and feeling guilty and shameful for not doing the work when I don't want to. It's a bit of a vicious cycle, and I think it's preventing me from actually being creative. Over the past couple of months, I have been easing away from this mindset, only working on creative work when I feel like it, and trying not to beat myself up about it, which is freaking difficult. When I do feel like working on my art, I've noticed that the work comes much easier and I'm more productive. I'm wondering if you've noticed improvements in your creative abilities since committing to the fuck a diet, and if you believe that these kind of changes in your relationship with food body can have a ripple effect to areas of your life that are seemingly completely separate. Oh my God, yes. This um, this is huge, and this is like so much of what I believe. Um, so when I, and in, in the first many, many uh, episodes of this podcast, I mentioned The Artist's Way every single time, and it became like a running joke that I was talking about The Artist's Way every single time. Um, when I was going through the fuck it diet myself, I was reading the artist's way completely coincidentally. And the artist's way by Julia Cameron is all about creativity sort of as a spiritual force, but it's something that we have to trust and not be perfectionistic about it. When we think we need to make perfect work, when we think that everything we do has to be figured out and, um, 
perfect before we start and if we have this control uh, perfectionistic workaholistic way of looking at workaholistic I don't think that's a word way of looking at things um, we become miserable crazy shriveled like depleted uh, perfectionistic uh, I don't even know what the noun should be people <laughs> I was going to use some, some like creepier thing, but yeah, it has everything to do with everything. And just kind of, uh, coincidentally for me, they were happening at the same time and they spoke to each other so much. So the perfectionism of needing to be good and the best and needing things to be right is very much how we eat and treat our bodies and we think that we need to constantly be impressing people and that failure is not an option and there's no way to be happy there's no way to thrive or grow or improve or try anything in that state and it's a state that most of us are taught to be in or at least we're we're not taught not to be in it you know what i mean so um, let me see if I can address specific questions that you have in here. But the, the overarching, overarching, God, what is wrong with my brain today? The, you know, the general answer is yes, it has everything to do with everything. I believe very, very strongly that for most people and most people that I teach and the most people who find the fuck it diet, coming to terms with, and, and changing the way that they relate to food and their body, really surrendering and trusting and and letting their body lead the way and letting it be kind of like a, um, a holistic, intuitive, messy process and taking the control and perfection out of it um, is essentially a doorway into applying that mentality to other areas of your life. Personal relationships, career, creativity, um, and you know, whatever else, throwing parties. I don't know. Um, so let me go back and see what you said. Yes, I am. I am. I mean, I am <laughs> a creative. Um, I'm, that's how, that's how you put it. So that's what I said, but I am a singer and a musician and an actor and a writer. And, um, I have gone back and forth between, it's really funny how many overlaps there are in these questions. I have gone back um, and forth, you know, when I first went on the fuck a diet, I, I quit acting and I was very dramatic and I was like forever, I'm never going to act again, mom. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, and then a year and a half later, I was in, I, you know, changed my mind and I was writing solo shows and I was in musicals and um, only recently have I decided to take a break again, but I'll never fully stop. Um, I acted this entire past year, even though I really wanted to just be doing the fuck a diet. I just want an award in Philly. I just want to bet like best supporting or outstanding supporting actress in a musical for the show that I did last year. So it's like, it won't let me go. So I definitely still am doing that though. I am more and more allowing it not to I don't know, define me or stress me out because it did for so long. But uh, let's talk about this. You said, 
I'm interested in the overlap that this anti-diet body respecting mindset has with recovering from perfectionism and workaholism. So the way that we relate to our bodies is the way that we relate to our work and the way people see us. It's all about wanting people to be impressed with us and wanting ourselves to be impressed with us. And I have recently compared very, very many times um, because I'm about to run this intuition intensive and it's all, you know, rest and slowing down and getting back into the body and feeling the body is so, so such a big part of it. And I, I've compared binging to feeling lazy. And what I mean by that is when people put themselves on a diet, they binge, they want to binge and they feel so guilty about that. And they think that there's something horribly wrong with them and they're gluttons and they're disgusting. And why am I a food addict? What's wrong with me? I can't even stand a diet. But really, it's just your body's natural corrective mechanism for making sure you get enough calories so you can come out of a crisis famine mode. It's legitimately what is happening. But we judge it. And so we stay in this vicious cycle and we do it more and more and more and feel worse and worse and worse about it. Laziness, I believe, is a reaction to um, being exhausted and overworked and depleted, not just physically, not just physical overwork, but the constant pressure and expectations that we put on ourselves. Even if we're not working, we're stressed that we should be working. And that depletes you too. And then you crave, oh, you know, oh, month of doing nothing and it's more often like you crave like three days in a row of doing nothing and you're like what's wrong with me why am I so lazy and you force yourself to push through it and then you're even more tired afterwards and then you wonder what's wrong with yourself and then you're in this state where you you know don't believe that you deserve downtime and you see yourself as a lazy person even though you're working harder than you ever should and it's It's this belief that we can constantly be productive and that that is our worth, either that beauty and skinniness or constant productivity or some combination of the two makes us worthy and lovable and allowed to rest. Like we're only allowed to relax and rest if we can be beautiful and I don't know, accomplished and admired enough. We have to like prove to ourselves that we're worthy of rest, but that never actually happens. Like we never get there. We're never good enough. So we never rest and we're miserable. Um, So yes, there's a huge overlap. It's the same, um, it's the same, it's the same fear of not being good enough. It's just the way that you apply it. And so many dieters are also workaholics and vice versa. Um, But not all dieters are workaholics and not all workaholics are dieters, but most have overlaps because it's the same way of relating to yourself. So, well, my advice is, I highly recommend The Artist's Way. I think it's amazing and it's life-changing and it literally, you know, is the basis of so much of what I do and teach and believe and and it helped so much with the the body part, the body image part, because it's all about perfectionism. Um, And I would, I have started to look at my, so you ask, um, you kind of talk about how you're not in the mood to work and you feel guilty for not doing work. Um, Really allowing yourself to recharge and replenish and 
kind of like tend to your um this idea that we need fallow time we need downtime because we once we're depleted we can't you can't produce when you're depleted you can't produce from nothing and so we really need to be kind to ourselves and give ourselves rest and this is not just for artists this is for everybody this is for sanity and if you're a mom and you want to be able to be present and fun and spontaneous with your kids and your partner and your work to expect yourself to be able to do that with a genuine smile on your face if you're depleted and exhausted you just can't there's no way so it applies to everybody and everybody is creative in their own way whether they're professionally um, creatives and artists and performers or uh, whether they're just being creative like what are we going to do today and like what are we going to eat for lunch like everything has its own version of creativity and own like you know there's creativity in decorating your room and in having a conversation so it definitely applies to everyone but it's this con I started I radically started seeing the world through the lens of okay what does and does not deplete me and I started to let myself understand that most things that I was doing without thinking about it deplete me and even certain social situations that I love you know I love seeing certain friends and I love you know I love having conversations with people and I love doing I do love doing things but too much or too much of a certain type of thing is depleting and it's okay that it's depleting but understanding that if I need time to recharge after that that is legitimate and that is actually going to be helpful in the long run so I recommend you read The Artist's Way if you haven't already and if you have I'd love to hear about it um I'd love for you to to answer and tell me if you have read the artist's way and um yeah you already said when I when I feel like working on my art I've noticed that my work comes easier and I'm more productive I definitely feel this as well and and I really think that it's coming from this perspective of understanding that we cannot constantly be producing we can't in any way we cannot go 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 without replenishing and taking downtime and doing things that are frivolous, um, we can't. It won't work. We think we can. And sometimes we do for years. And then we have a nervous breakdown. Or then we like our adrenals and our, you know, our bodies are so exhausted and shot that we have some sort of like major crisis. So if you want to avert major crisis, both physical and existential, Work rest into your life because it'll make a huge difference. I mean, and this even comes back to what I was saying to those other two questions is that rest has such, you know, such a big impact on our health and our inflammation and the way that our body is able to respond with immune, you know, immune response and otherwise. So um, I hope that that's helpful. I feel, I feel so like, like, um, monotonous today I feel like I'm like really like talking with a really low voice and I'm tired and I know why it's because I need to rest guys we all need to rest um I'm gonna let that be that that for today <laughs> that that and uh I'll hopefully do another podcast pretty soon because it's been so long and I I feel like I have a lot of I you know, over the past couple of weeks, I'm like, oh, I should just do a podcast and talk about this thing. And 
I feel, felt like I had so much to talk about and now I don't remember any of it. But essentially, if you want to get in on this podcast insider fun, it's over at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Caroline Dooner. That is my name. You can find that through my website as well, thefuckadiet.com. And the very last thing is over the past two years, people have told me that they tried to leave a review on the podcast for the podcast on iTunes and then it didn't work. I tried to press send. I typed it again. It wouldn't go through. It's not showing up. And I finally understand why. If you typed the fuck it diet in your review, it was not um, put up because they don't want cursing on iTunes, which is so annoying. I think I understand that they want to be chosen by families. They want people to buy Apple TVs and they want families to think that they can just let their kids go around the iTunes store. And I understand it on that level. But there should just be parental controls and I can have an explicit podcast, don't you think? So anyway, what I wanted to say is I'm so thankful to everyone who has left a review, whether the review was actually put up or not. But if you tried to leave a review and it didn't work, I'm almost positive that it's because you probably were saying, I love the fuck it diet or fuck it has helped so much. And they did not approve that. So if you would like to try to leave another review, if you're feeling so inclined um, and understand that it really does help other people to find it, if you want to leave a review saying, you know, that you like the podcast, but not using a curse word. That would be so amazing. And if not, whatever. I'm so tired right now, guys. Can you tell? I have been so monotone this entire time. I'm going to have so much more energy next time. And it'd be so much fun. But right now, I need to take my own advice.